Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au. Okay, episode 67 of the Talk and Power podcast, and I am here with co-host Todd Brinkworth, and I am Nick DeChimbury. How are you, Todd? Not too bad. How are you, Nick? Oh, just getting my feet, finding, getting my headspace right, actually. Yeah, it's been a busy uh, couple of weeks, hasn't it? It has been, and uh, we had a very, I know you had a busy weekend, I had a busy weekend, hot on hot on the tail of Targa West as well, so... We've been pretty busy. Well, that's me. Sorry about that. That's that won't won't affect the recordings. Just what we're hearing. All right, no worries. <laughs> so, um, what'd you get up to this weekend, Todd? Um, not a great deal, but I did go catch a little bit of racing up at Wanneroo on yeah. Sunday. Well, so, we'll we'll cover off on that yeah. a bit later on as well. Another thing we'll cover off on a bit later on is what well, we had the show and shine and Gwell up as well. So all the funds there going to racing for NMDI. Just quickly cover off on that. We'll we'll have the next segment after the commercials. We'll have um we'll have a recap there, and we caught up with a few people there. Uh, Eddie Arachi, who's doing a lot of work with um. Well, he's around the petition at the moment. We'll cover off on that uh, for $90 for 90 days for car regos, for classic cars. and Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we caught up with him. We caught up with the um, the foundation racing for NMDI, uh, Sunta Maleka. We got a chat with her as well. And also one of, the, um, uh, one of the entrants as well and one of the organisers of the day. So, yeah, we caught up with a few people. So that'll be straight after this, basically. Okay. Uh, Anyway, we need to cover off on Targa West because Targa West has been run and done. So, I mean, you've you've come here completely prepared, Todd. Completely. I should expect no less, I guess. Yeah, well, you know, it's my probably favourite event of the entire year, besides yeah. the 12-hour. But, yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a good couple of, well, a couple of di- good couple of days for the spectators. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't say for some of the competitors, but no. we'll get to that. Yeah, so. it's obviously clearly testing. Testing, isn't it? I mean, I'm, yeah. It's although how many kilometres is it all up? I think we touched on this with David Smith. In oh, you put me on the spot now. I can't actually remember. It's, I'm it's sure a reasonable it's distance around the two fifty mark. Mm. But again, I would be taking a guess by saying that. Yeah, and then they're driving in between the stages. Yeah, that's as well. right. I mean, at, uh, not at normal speed, but still, it's still they've got to get to the stages as well. That. No trailer queens for Targa West, is there? No, that's right. You uh, basically, if you put it on a trailer, that's weekend over for you. Mm, yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Look, look, just give us a quick rundown on the the four days. Yeah. Sure. So. Um. Yeah. Look, day one will start off in Wipeman Park. Mm. Um. And uh, in my notes here, it's highlighted. Basically, it's straight into the fire. Well, the fire and speed humps. Yeah, and you were saying. And um, there's actually some great photos on the net of people that you either sort of do a bit of a top of the tap of the brake and hit the speed hump at a certain angle, or you go flat out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't see the Whitman Park stage this year, but I have seen it in the past, and yeah, it's exciting to watch guys jumping, jumping cars over speed humps, and they're not your standard half the car ends up at the back of the speed hump, but yeah. they're a nice little hump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm familiar with Whiteman Park. I go in there quite yeah. often, and it's um, those speed humps are quite reasonable in size. So um, yeah. After a few runs in that, it was a um, well, Pete Major after mm-hmm. an early lead in his uh, Porsche 996. Yep. So yeah, followed closely by 
Peter Rulo, mm-hmm. and then uh, Mark, well, Mark Greenham, yep. a friend of the podcast, um, and Steph taking up third on the Evo. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Just to cover off, Rulo was in a new car as a Lotus. That's right, a Lotus Exige Sport Cup. Yeah, number <laughs> f- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, It's quite a nice-looking car, to be honest. It was a quite a nice bit of kit. Mm. It, yeah, looked the goods. So, so that's new for him this year, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. He has run... Well, different cars in the past, one of them being a 35 GTR mm-hmm. in the past. So, yeah, that was brand new for this year. Yeah, so. yep. And, uh, yeah, so after that, they headed up to uh, Mearshay, which was a welcome return. We had covered that with uh, David Smith on the mm-hmm. podcast previously. Yeah. And the rain came, mm-hmm. and I mean it absolutely howled down. Yeah. I um <laughs> was fortunate enough, I guess you'd say, to... Uh, be standing on an umbrella with Denver Parker, mm-hmm. you know, Lambwell Racing, the R33. It was freezing, it was cold, it was wet. Made for some brilliant photos and some brilliant spectator action. Mm. But it was so wet they cancelled the second run through. Yep. And uh, then they headed off to Allenbrook. Mm-hmm. And Allenbrook, let's just say, uh, well, the valley came alive. Uh, yeah. I was down there with Peter, of course, from uh, 88.5. 88.5, yep. And, Radio uh, VCA. Yeah, uh, they reckon they reckon six thousand people. I'm going to say seven thousand. Um, you couldn't move mm. in the place, and it was brilliant. Th- that's that's an awesome effort yeah. for for Alan Brook, isn't it? So um, and and Tony West, of course. Yeah, the stage itself. I only saw the start finish line for most of the night. Um, mm-hmm. due to some commitments, but um, still just excellent to see. People were a buzz about the stage. Yeah. Stay dry. Um, some good runs through. Denver, of course, did some charity rides, which was quite exciting to see on the Thursday night. Scared. I wouldn't say scared, scared, but scared a few locals. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then, uh, yeah, they packed it all up for the night, and it was actually a bit eerie that the uh, fog rolled in mm. about probably 10 minutes after the whole event sort of packed yeah, up. Yeah, okay, yep. And you couldn't even see out the um, window of the local pub. Mm. It was that foggy. So, yeah. You know what that means? What does that, what does that mean? You needed to stay in the pub. May have for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was day one, run and yeah. done. Um, at the end of it all, Pete Major still taking the lead overall in the Porsche. Yep. So, uh, yeah, day two saw a, a new stage, Parkerville. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, brilliant stage. Freezing cold. Yep. And um, as I've got in my notes here, and I'm going to actually say it on air as well, I've got some blubber on me. Mm. I was freezing. Mm. So other people must have been, I don't know, had electric blankets in their jumpers, because I don't know how they managed. It was 37 that day in Kananara, by the way. <coughs> oh, thanks, Nick. Mm. I'm just telling you, because that's where I was. Oh, no worries. It's beautiful. <laughs> Rub it in, why don't you? But it made for a good morning. Um... They did a couple of runs through Parkerville, and then they headed off into, well, Kalamunda and yep. the zigzags. So, uh, yeah, that was pretty good. Um, at the moment, it was, uh, well, still major and first, followed closely by Peter Rulo. Yep. Then Mark Graham still sitting in a nice third place. So, um, yeah, the um, Kalamunda stage was um, quite interesting to see in the fact that it Twisted down part of Winger Road, which oh, is yeah. a very long, sweeping road for anyone that's ever driven it. Mm, I have, yeah. Then they, and I might be in this slightly wrong, but they did, then went back to the zigzags, mm-hmm. then came back to a service, then went back 
to Weir Road, then went back to the zigzags, and then back to Weir Road. Yeah, that's a considerable distance between those yeah, areas. Yeah, and I was speaking to some competitors. Because um, the zigzag starts from the bottom as well, yeah. so that's at the base of Gooseberry Hill. That's right, and I was speaking to some competitors, and they you know, were saying it was quite a test for them because mm. it was a lot of transport stages. Yep. So, um, unfortunately, didn't see the zigzags, but did see a fair bit of the Weir Road stage. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, there was a Dodge Viper ACR Extreme, mm-hmm. which... You can hear it from about three miles away. Yeah. And um, on one of its runs through, it was the fastest car overall by a substantial amount. Mm-hmm. So much you could see the wing bending on the back of the car wow. yeah, for okay. downforce. Yeah. So that shook the uh, the order up a little bit yeah. for those couple of days. But still, um, Pete Major was in a questionable, well, not questionable, but a uh, an honest first an honest first, that's yeah. better than questionable. So, um, mind you, I was reading some notes to the side. I did have a very quick chat to Pete, mm. albeit two words, but um, he was nursing a clutch issue most of Friday, so it's pretty impressive oh, really? he actually got the car through the event. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so um, yeah, the end of that day, I saw that the team then heading to, well, Northbridge for dinner. Oh, yeah. I'm calling it a dinner date. Yeah, it was. They park up in Northbridge, and it's quite good for the, the show and shine. It's excellent, I think, for yeah. the city of Perth. And that was, um, I went in and had a look. There was a good couple of hundred people that came in, had a look, if not more. Mm. So, um, yeah, that was quite interesting to watch. And then, uh, of course, day three. So, day three is an early, I argue it was a very early start. It's a drive up to 2J. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Well, 2J is a considerable distance from, it's 90 or 81 kilometres from the <laughs> central business district. Yeah, so. that's right. So, again, very cold. Mm. There's a pattern here, but it was very cold. And, um... The pattern is move. Yeah. <laughs> move Target West to, to December. No, no, no. I must admit, I'd, I'd love it this time of year. It's yeah. Just, this year was one of the, wet, the wettest and coldest I remember on record for Tiger. Yep. So, um... Um, they started off at Racecourse and then went out to Coonda West. Mm. Um, Coonda West being one of my personal favourite stages. Yep. Mainly because I think I've been there almost every year for the last... I'm going to take a punt and say 10, if not more, years. Yeah, okay. Um, it's probably about 5 to 10 minutes outside of TJ, but it's just a brilliant stage, nice little hairpin corner over a crest, and, yeah, I love watching it. Um... Yeah, the the lead now still saw um sort of Pete Major out in front, Rulo on second, and Mark and Steph had dropped down to fourth. Yeah. Yep. Um, then we came into a lunchtime service at Two J, where mm-hmm. unfortunately we've we've got some bad news. Mm. Mark had some car problems. Yeah. Okay. Um, first of all, he reported a, a bit of plastic from an air vent had dropped underneath the pedals enough that it caused him concern to stop and remove the the device, so to speak, apparatus. Yeah. So, um, yeah, lunchtime at 2J saw, um, unfortunately, Mark Green having mm-hmm. some uh, alternator issues. Yep. Which, well, of course, then turned into battery issues. And he basically was borrowing batteries out of someone's car in the car park at one point. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, let's just say Mark wasn't very happy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he had a bit of a word to me, and I was like, yep, yeah, okay, look, Anything I can do, let me know. But otherwise, do what you need to do. 
They um, did fight on for the rest of the afternoon and did pretty well. They did claw back a fair bit of time, but unfortunately the, the damage was done, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. It was just a shame to see. It's um, As we were saying, uh, sort of in between a few of us spectators, um, and Mark, I know you listen to the show, just the curse of Targa West for Mark Greenham. Mm. Like, dude, I feel sorry for you, man. Like, I feel yeah. so sorry for you. And, uh, yeah, look, I just... Hats off that he did still fight on, though. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know. So, um, yeah. But um, anyway, after that, it uh, put all well, the Dodge Viper into a third place sort of in yeah. the early afternoon. Mm-hmm. But then they head off to um, a Bullsbrook stage, which was pretty good to watch, um, quite twisty. And, um, yeah, this is where some sort of, I guess you say, excitement happened between here and another stage, Maryville Downs. Oh, yeah. So Maryville Downs has, it's basically a, an estate, a housing estate as such, with a pretty gnarly roundabout and set of curbs. Mm. Well, lots of curbs, lots of roundabouts. And uh, where we were standing watching one stage... There's cars going missing, misjudging the roundabout and trying to miss the roundabout, end up clipping curbs and breaking wheels and suspension and yeah, it was um pretty full on. Yeah. Again, good for the spectators, but bad for the competitors. Mm. Um, this put Peter Rulo unfortunately caught caught him out on a. I didn't see the accident happen, but it caught him out. Yep. And uh, basically, no. Well, they kept they finished the round, finished the well stage. But it basically took a minute out of his, well, a minute from him that he was placing behind Pete Major, and arguably that was where Peter Rulo lost Tiger West. Yeah. So um, the very final stage of the day saw Will White, who'd actually been sort of placing in between third and fourth and up and down in an Evo nine, he came around a corner and I was actually standing in with Denver, and the whole, well, almost the whole front end, but the right front corner was completely smashed in. And I sort of took a photo of it, saw the car go by, and went, that's strange. Denver said to me, kangaroo? I went, I think it was a kangaroo. Later confirmed, poor old Will White, I hit a kangaroo. Mm. Still managed to maintain his third overall in the day, though, which, fair effort. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, look, that was the end of day three. And then, of course, day four saw them heading to Malaga early yep. in the morning. Didn't catch them like a stage, unfortunately, um, due to, well, Nick and myself being in the city. So, um, the, uh, Celebration of motorsport. Yeah, that's right. But, um, look, the unofficial uh, second home capital of Australia, Malaga. <laughs> <laughs> it, um, pretty twisty section, and Major was a bit worried that uh, he might drop some time to Rulo. Yeah. But um, after a couple of runs through, Major took a couple of stage wins and headed into the city with a mm. quite comfortable lead over Rulo. Yep. And of course, then they headed into the city for the celebration of motorsport mm-hmm. and uh, the final stages. Um, yeah, really good to see. We, we of course, will set up. We will set up there, Nick. Yeah, know? we will set up. Many, many visitors to our... Yeah, it was a re- really great day, yeah. actually. Great day. Um, and thanks to Denver for parking the car with Definitely. us. Definitely. Thank you for Denver. Uh, yep. That drew a lot of attention. A lot of chats. I'm uh, hoping I got most of my facts right about your car when you went sitting with us, Denver. I think we did. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, look, and then by the end of that, it was, um, Major took the event out, probably, well, according to the final results, about a two-minute lead from Peter Ruler in mm-hmm. second, and followed by Will White in third overall in an Evo 9. Yeah, okay. So, uh, for the record, Mark and Steph 
ended up with a 13th overall. Yep. Which I've said here is quite awesome considering yeah. where they were at the end of Saturday, which was nowhere. Mm. And, um, yeah, basically good event overall. Yep. So, um, unfortunately, there was a few I've missed out here. I didn't get to follow the classic competition as much as I should have. Yep. Um, some awesome cars to watch, namely yeah. a GTHO Falcon, mm-hmm. which had a 400-plus cube V8 and a sequential gearbox in it. Oh, wow. That is awesome. Um, and a Camaro, very similar sort of spec. And that's uh, a personal favourite of mine from the weekend in the classics, an Alfa Romeo GTV6. Oh, okay, yep. And I'm pretty sure he's done a lot of Tigers, and it just runs and runs and runs and sounds mint, looks mint. And yeah, it's good to see people like that out there. Mm. So, Alright, I don't want to wind you up here, but just quickly, touching, following off here, you've got an interesting stat. Peter Major, uh, there's only ever been five winners of Targa West you've got here. So they are Peter Major, Peter Rulo, Steve Jones, Jim Richards and Ross Dunkerton. So that's amazing stat, that one. Yeah, I didn't know that until I read it tonight. And I went, hang on. And I went through the previous results and went, Hey, you're right. Yeah, yeah, so, um, that's that's incredible. Yeah, and uh, I mean, Pete Major, it's his uh, fourth consecutive win in, well, in the 996 of that. Mm. So I did hear a rumour, and I'm actually going to confirm it with Pete Major. He didn't know he was doing Targa until about two weeks beforehand. Okay. Yep. They um, sort of were humming and hurrying with the idea, and he went, yep, let's go do it. Mm. So... Good to see Pete Major. If you don't know who he is, look him up because he has had a very interesting motorsport career amongst many of these other people. Yep. So, yeah, and um, I'm going to make my mouth is definitely have him on the show one day to have a chat. Yeah, so, really no, interesting guy. So, that car he had was a 2004 uh, 996. He's leased that to Peter Rulo in the past, is that right? That's correct. Yeah, okay. so, and Peter won in that car. Yeah, so right. it's um, pretty. Pretty slow bit of kit, the looks of it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. All right, Todd. Well, look, thanks for that. We'll have to take a break here. Coming up after the break, we've got um, a whole lot of interviews from the show and shine down at Gwalup Shopping Centre. Okay, we're down here at the show and shine for racing for Mindy, and I'm here with. Um, James McDonald of Shannon's Insurance. James, thanks for joining us down here. Hey, how are you going? Good, good. Hey, look, thanks for your support and thanks for coming down. You're the major sponsor here today. Um, for those listeners, I'm sure most of our listeners will know, but for those of the, that don't, just give us a rundown on what Shannon's actually do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're an insurance company uh, for enthusiasts. Everyone that works here is an enthusiast themselves. Uh, we can insure pretty much anything that's got wheels and goes on the road, uh, even if it's not on the road and uh, you're looking at restoring it or working it up, uh, we, we can insure that too. Uh, I guess the, the biggest message that we always love to pass on is just give us a call and chat to us, or if you see us at an event, come up and talk to us. We're happy to talk and uh, we'll work out a package to suit your needs. Sure, look, I mean, that's one of the things that, that, that strike me with Shannon's insurance. I've had my car insured with you guys for well over 10 years now, but the staff there are very knowledgeable on particular models and sort of market values on, on where they should be at. So um, can you just elaborate a little bit on that? I mean, obviously the people you talk to at Shannon's are very knowledgeable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, 
we, we choose our staff based on um, their, their knowledge and, and how well they fit into the, uh, the motoring scene. James, also the other thing as well that I've noticed, one of, one of the things that Shannon's offer is you have the ability to buy back the wreck as well. Can you just elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, uh, we, we're very keen on uh, keeping the, uh, the enthusiast car with the enthusiast if the worst does happen. So uh, if you've got a more modern car, absolutely, you get to you purchase the wreck back as the first option. Or if, uh, if your car is older than 35 years, you actually get that uh, automatically for free without paying any extra. Yeah, no, definitely. And that's one of the things uh, that not a lot of insurers will offer. Um, the other thing is, well, like gen generally speaking, general insurance companies don't have aren't that knowledgeable on these sorts of vehicles. And the market value, if you are insuring with the run of the mill, we'll call them insurers, it's just not there, is it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we don't uh, believe in market value at all. Every policy we write is agreed value, uh, without question. So uh, you always know what you're in for at time of claim. Yeah. Hey James, just tell us a bit about some of the things that Shannon's are uh, like. I mean, I know you do the you sponsor the the Shannon's Nationals as well. That's um, with the TCR. Are there any other things that we're probably not aware of as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, we, we try and get to as many events as uh, absolutely possible. Uh, nationally, we're we're sitting around uh, two and a half thousand events a year uh, in regional and, and metro areas. So. Uh, pretty much anything that's motoring related you'll see it. Uh, if you ever want to find an event that we're at, uh, head over to the Shannon's website and uh, click on club. Uh, that'll have a list of all the events that we're at. Sure. Club is very good actually I must say. It's a, it's a website also for the enthusiasts as well. They can log in there and you can see uh, people's cars and their, what, what they have in their garage basically. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, we like to call it the Facebook for cars, um, and it really is. A, it's just a, a nice community of really friendly people. And uh, yeah, if anyone's got any questions about uh, which uh, which type of fuel injection to go for, or uh, what what car they should put on their their old motor, then ask away, and uh, you'll get some answers. No worries. Hey James, uh, thanks for your time coming down here today, and Brody as well. Thanks for your time. We really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. Hey, I'm here with Asunta Maleka, founder of Racing for NMDI. Asunta, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Um, today's uh, fundraiser was, was for your organisation. Tell us a little bit about it. Okay, so Racing for Mindy, MNDI represents motor neurone disease inherited forms mm -hmm. and I started the foundation in 2016 as a result of seeing um, several members of my family pass away from motor neurone disease. Yep. And we, I decided that um, I'd start a foundation to focus on the inherited form to hopefully help find a cure um, for all sufferers with MND using the inherited form as a starting point. Yep. So we're backing research at Murdoch University yeah. and our funds are going towards um, all the work they're doing with inherited forms of motor neurone disease. Okay, so today's fundraiser really was just a very, very small fraction of that, the, all the work that you do and fundraising. Tell us about some of the other fundraisers that you do. Yeah, so we run a music quiz annually as well. Um, usually three to four hundred people attend that. We have a community event for the family, which is a movie afternoon. But our biggest fundraiser, which is our biggest draw card, is in December where we hold a gala dinner. Now tell us a bit about your organisation in terms of how we go about finding you and like so I know you're very active on, on Twitter, Facebook and so give us some, some where we can find some more details. Yeah, so we hold three platforms on social media, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. All you need to do is search Racing for Mindy. 
it's racing and then the word F-O-R-M-N-D-I. Yep. Um, and you'll see lots of information there about events that we run. But I also have a website, www.racingformindy.com.au. And donations are av- available on there too if you'd like to make a pledge. And also upcoming events and um, things that are happening with the research. Yeah. So, so all our listeners out there, head on over to those platforms and show your support. Share the page or like the page. Uh, and go to the website see all the great work you're doing. Because I know, I, I mean, we know each other. Uh, personally, but I know you do a lot of work, and it's 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 continually. You're you're probably one of the busiest people I know. Yes, I don't stop. I um, keep thinking of new ways to actually spread the word and raise the awareness for motor neurone disease. And look, we need to find a cure for this, and I'm not going to stop until we do. Thanks, Asunta. We really appreciate your time on the podcast, and uh, thanks for all the hard work you've done. We much appreciate it. And thanks for taking an interest. No worries. Okay, I'm here with Morris Milani of Demolition Works and I'm also here with Tony Princey from Princey Homes. Guys, thanks for coming down. Just a brief explanation, Morris, you're the key organiser here for this event, so thanks for that. Um, tell us a bit about it. Yeah, um, look, thanks Nick. Uh, look, it's uh, for a very worthy cause for the uh, motor neuron disease inherited uh, um, for um, yeah, people with motor neurosis, it's more on the inherited side, but look, uh, the, the whole uh, aspect of it is to uh, for uh, the community to get together and um, uh, and enjoy and support this, uh, uh, this uh, fundraising. Yeah, it's certainly at community level as well, I mean, what we're doing here, so um, that, that's an important part of it all, though we're raising money for, for motor neurone and the research that goes into it, but also it's about getting the community together as well, especially in the northern suburbs. Yeah, look, absolutely, uh, uh, Nick. Uh, it's, it's, uh, well, look, there's, there's not many opportunities out there, and a lot of people are feeling like uh, there's, they need to get out and enjoy themselves, and, uh, and this is a good way to express themselves, to bring their hot rods and, and get out there. But look, I'd, I'd like to throw you across to uh, Tony Prince, because he's, uh, he's been a very strong motor enthusiast, and uh, he might be able to add a bit more light into um, what goes down and behind the scenes. Very nice uh, pickup truck you came in with, Tony. I saw. Thank you. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit about it, Tony? Uh, just one of the cars I've been very uh, passionate about. Had it now for five years. Picked it up as a uh, uncompleted project. Yep. Can you yeah. Give us a rundown, model, mate. What you It's down? a '57 uh, pickup Chevy, yep. and I bought it as a uh, chassis body. Yep. And then uh, put my touches to it, you know, like uh, engine and finishes and colour. Yep. Yeah, just project. No, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful looking truck, Tony, and you've done Thank really you. well. I know you're one of the first ones down here this morning, so eager, eager to get into it, no doubt. Well, I was speaking to Angelo, the organiser, and uh, he said, look, if you don't get down early, you'll uh, probably end up in the outskirts. So I'm glad I did come early, because there's... <laughs> Cars parked out the outside of this barrier as well. So okay. I tell you what, Angelo was—I think he spent over 24 hours here. I don't know. Oh, I'm man, not champion, conv- yeah. I'm not convinced he's actually gone home. To be honest, he said he did, but I'm not—I don't—I'm not buying it. So I, anyway. s- I spoke to him last night at uh, eight o'clock, and he was here. He was here well past midnight. <laughs> I saw with my own eyes. So now we really appreciate that. Hey, Tony, look, thanks for coming down, and yep. we really appreciate your time. And Morris, once again, thanks for the organising the event. I know you're kind of the, the key guy that we all went to. I know we bounced a lot of ideas off you and I know you've done a lot of, you, you and Marissa as well, have done a lot of hard work and background and 
collating all the registrations and whatnot? Yeah, well, look, Nick, all, all, all I want to add to that is, look, uh, uh, I, th I think it was a, a very good, strong group effort. Uh, look, I, I was, it was, it was a pleasure to put some leadership into that and uh, and, and bring all these key people together uh, and uh, and make this work. Yeah, no, we really appreciate it, Morris. Yeah. Thanks for your time and thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks, Nick. Take care, Thank guys. You. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay, I'm here with Eddie Arachi. Um, Eddie, before we get too in depth with what you're, the petition you're doing here, let's just talk about this beautiful 57 Buick. Can you tell us a bit about it? Um, yeah, look, I've um, brought this vehicle from the States about 10 years ago. Uh, it's been an ongoing project um, and literally had it restored. I'm now driving it, had it licensed for about six months now. Absolutely beautiful car, if I may say so myself. I've seen it around at a few shows, but I've, I've never actually looked at it this closely. And it is an absolutely magnificent example of a Buick. And what I like about it is, I know they were probably tied up a little bit back in the day, but it does share a little bit of 57 likeness, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, yeah. Look, I grew up, to be honest, um, loving the 57 Chevy. Um, and then I saw this come up on eBay and I thought, yeah, this is the car for me. I want something a little bit different and this was a bit different. Still that sort of shape from the 57 Chevy, um, but with a, some better lines, I thought personally myself. Definitely, definitely. Hey, Eddie, tell us a little bit about, you're running the petition here. Um, a number of people have signed up for it today. Um, so it's the $90 for 90 days rego for classic and modified cars. Can you tell us a bit about the petition that you're putting towards the Department of Transport? Okay, so I, um, after realising myself um, paying the rego for vehicles like these type of vehicles, um, it's quite hefty, you know, you're looking at between $800 and $900 a year for something that only gets driven very rarely. So, and it was about a year ago where South Australia just had it passed through legislation themselves. They were looking and got passed through paying $90 for 90 days. So you got to pay $90 a year, you just nominated your 90 days. I think, well, that's perfect. You know, why, why don't we have that here in WA, you know? So I started this petition and like within no time, you know, I've just, people, yeah, 100% getting way behind it. You know, I've got 10,000, just under 10,000 signatures online on the um, the uh, the change change org, if you go on onto that website there, um, you can sign on. Um, I've got about ten thousand, and now I'm just hitting all the car shows, and you know, forever getting people to sign on, and it's very rarely that someone will say no to it. That's for sure. Yeah. So if we want to sign, I've, I mean, I've signed in real life with ink. Uh -huh, but if someone wants to sign online, they can do so. They go to change change all. Change just look all. up ninety dollars for ninety days, yep. and you'll be able to just follow the prompts there, and um, and you'll go into the system from there on. So obviously, you're lobbying people in government as well. And I am. That would yep. be the next stage. Yeah. So yeah, I'm okay. looking at people who are willing to to jump on board and help out for this cause because there yep. are a lot of good people out here who who want this to go across. And yeah, anyone that's willing to to help and put up their hand, yeah, yeah. please get in touch with me. Yeah. No. Definitely. So Eddie, where can we find, do you have a Facebook page as well? Look, I have not, it's, it's early days for myself. Yep. Um, that one online is the one to hit at the moment. Yep. Um, and I'm sort of moving forward from yep. here onwards. Okay, all right, no worries. Hey Eddie, look, thanks for your time and coming on the podcast. We really appreciate it and uh, yeah, take care and all the best. Thank you very much, much appreciated. Bye-bye. No
Okay, episode 67 of the Talking Power podcast. We are on 88.5 FM where the valley comes alive and transmitting through iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean, and wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey, Todd, we had a cracking round at the Austrian GP for MotoGP. I reckon I've got here in the notes, best race of the season, question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah, yeah, or, so far. Or was it just because Dobby won? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Bit of both, and I'm, I'll be honest, <laughs> I was shouting at the TV enough that my neighbour walked out and went, what's going on, Who? what's yeah, wrong? And I'm yeah. like, Dobby! But anyway, we won't we ruin it just yet. Well, it was the last corner pass again. It was oh. an amazing, amazing win to him, and I thought, I thought Marquez had it wrapped up, to be honest. Yeah, so did I, and then Dave's on that last lap, just hammer and tong and just mm. fought yeah anyway yeah it was great funnily enough but if if history was to be correct and it was in this situation Marquez has never won there Marquez has never won at Red go. Bull Ring so it was that's in the top tier of, of MotoGP I'm talking here but he's never won in the top tier of MotoGP so it and the Ducati has been um, dominant there in the last three the re, last three races since they started going back there in 2016 so they're on the cards to win they were yeah. odds on. If you were a bookie, you'd have them odds on to 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 win. Um, I don't know. I just it was. It, Dov, um, sorry, Marquez still looks strong to me. Still oh, looks yeah. very strong. But there, yeah, that last that last corner, I think it was a it was an absolute cracker. Um, Marquez was. He actually set a new lap record in qualifying as well for this, and that was his seventh pole for the year. So he was. He was. He did reasonably well in. Um, trying to prove history wrong let's put it that way yeah um i don't know for me i still can't stop thinking about fabio quadraro i really can't i just think this kid is absolutely amazing and the stuff we've seen him do so far um he actually beat the factory yamahas yeah i know he came home in front of rossi and uh, vinales on yeah. a satellite yamaha so his his rise in this sport, I think, is only just starting. He's only yep. just crested the hill, and I just think he's on to some amazing things. Um, I think if he was on a factory Yamaha, I don't know if he'd be better. I'm not sure the factory Yamahas are actually better than the satellite Yamahas at the moment. I, I really don't know. Yeah. Um, it was a pretty good race for Rossi as well. I mean, it was a strong P4 for them. Um, he was as far back as P10 at one stage, so it was yeah, it was a, not a bad not a bad race for the the Yamahas. They got in in essence third, fourth, and fifth. So it was it was good to see um, them. Good showing from them anyway. Yeah. Kind of mixed results for well, it wasn't mixed results. Miguel Oliveira, um, he took P8 in the KTM, but we had it was the same week that KTM have also announced that they're withdrawing from Moto2 and building chassis in in, um, in Moto2, and Johan Zarco will be leaving the team at the end of the year as well in MotoGP. Yeah. So, but in saying that, um, uh, KTM have committed to the top tier of the sport for another five years. So. That's um, interesting things happening over there in the MotoGP. Yeah, it is. And I don't... I'm just going to say it. The KTMs, they just... I don't know. They don't do much for me. Let's just put it that way. Well, they're, they're predominantly a dirt... Well, I shouldn't say... I don't know enough. But they, I, when I think KTM, I don't yeah. think road road bikes. I think 
you know, their endurance and, and off-road Yeah, to be fair, I have ridden one of their road bikes. Actually, I've ridden two of their road bikes, mm-hmm. and they are a nice bit of kit. But again, I don't... Even a well, monetary pay, I just don't... I don't do much for me. Yeah, yeah. I don't light my socks on fire. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I guess they're building the brand there as well. I mean, yeah. they've got to start from somewhere, but... I don't know if they're following with their road bikes. That 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 takes years to build. It just takes yeah, true. years and years to build. Yeah. And you've got to be there doing it and, you know, saying all the right things, I guess, don't you? Yeah, that's right. Hey, Todd, tell us, you went down to Barbagello Raceway yesterday and um, caught up with, I can't remember what round it was. It was the WA Sporting Car Club. I think it was just one of the standard rounds. Yeah, the yeah just the standard round, sorry. Um, but. Yeah, I did. Um Look, it was a, a good day out. I wasn't there all day, unfortunately. Um, I um, arrived, well, I thought at the end of qualifying, mm. but it was met by the fact that a few rounds hadn't even, well, a few um, categories hadn't even qualified yet, as there was a combination of an engine blown that put an oil down on the track. Mm-hmm. That was a 20-plus minute clean-up. And then someone uh, speared off and... Uh, I don't know if that was before the oil down or after the oil down. I don't want to, you know, put two and two together. Yeah. I'm not sure which order that happened in. But consequently, we're running about 45 minutes behind before the day even started, which is not a good sign. Mm-hmm. But um, mainly there to see, um, of course, Denver in the yeah. R33 and uh, catch up with a friend of mine, friends, um, and well, his partner, Steph, in the Formula Vs. Yep. So, uh, yeah, Denver had a pretty um, a good morning. I mean, Denver's at the point now where he's just sort of just got to turn up to take out the series so uh yeah race one um for the street cars this is was pretty pretty uneventful which is a good thing so um they went out there did their job and uh yeah no one i think um, dem ended up with a second or third yep in his class yep after that stupidly fast 180 of uh andy's from hyperdrive oh yeah yep but, um, yeah, that was pretty good. Um, the Formula Vs was, um, again, the race one was sort of mixed for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, I know France, who's racing in the uh, 1200 series category, yep. has been having a bit of engine problems, and we've reported on that in the past. And uh, I had a speak to him earlier in the morning, and he just looked at me, he just gave me a bit of a face and went, I don't know, just, I don't know. Yeah, It's not there, but he goes, I don't want to, you know, give up. So, uh, yeah, France had a pretty good day. I think a couple of thirds overall. And and basically, he's still third or second overall in the championship. So, yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah, France actually ended up with um, a third and two seconds mm-hmm. overall yep. on the day in the 1200s, that is. And that's giving him a third in the in the round. Yep. But he's still holding the championship lead, yeah, which okay. is pretty good. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that's good to see. Um and um, I, again, will endeavour to speak to friends in the near future. Um, I, for one, actually would love to know what he's intending to do in that, that engine, because it's um, a bit of a shame. Well, that car has been ultra-competitive in the past, and uh, it just seems a bit bit lacklustre at the moment. Yeah, and I know it's yeah. not the driver. It's definitely not the driver. But, yeah, so interesting. Okay. But it sort of does prove how tightly knit that category is. Mm. If you're a bit down on power, you start popping down the field, yeah, so to yeah. speak. So, yeah. 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 I mean, the other good thing was um, Lockie, who I've mentioned a few times on the show, who's running in the CC100 category. Mm. 
ended up with a third after his first yeah, first okay. race. Yep. And that car seems to be coming to them slowly. Um, that's essentially a new car this year. And Lockie's just doing the doing the kilometers, so yeah, to speak. Okay. Yep. Doing the doing the laps, and that car's starting to come to him, and he's and he's starting to come to the car. And I want to say, watch this space. A, because he's a random one, and B, because I think when he starts getting on form with that car, he'll be at the front to watch. So, yep. yeah. Yep. So you just wanted to finish off with something from Denver as well? Yeah, that's right. So um, thanks to Denver and his Facebook page, and I'm just going to sort of, and he won't mind, I'm sure. Hmm. He um, has made a post that he said it was a bit of a, he had a late night in the end. Um, I don't think they left the track till after 7 o'clock, which is a big day. I was really home and in bed by then, I think. And... Um, Basically, uh, yeah, race two also saw um, a bit of carnage. Um, I unfortunately had to leave just as race two started, and three cars in the streetcar category all all out. All oh, um, right, okay. Denver narrowly avoided it by sort of going for a bit of an excursion on the lawn, mm. and uh, yeah, some other competitors aren't so lucky. There's um, some pretty gnarly photos up on Facebook of some carnage from the weekend. Yeah, okay, yep. And uh, it meant that uh, race three was down, well, I mean, a number of cars, basically. Mm, yep. Um, and that's where Denver sort of just did the business and ended up... Uh, and, uh, yeah, he's taken out the trophy for... Now, let me get this right. Um, so he's taken a second for the day, and he needs to wait later in the week to confirm if he has enough points to take the lead in the state championship. Yeah, okay. And then, of course, there's still the sporting club title to finish up. Yeah, okay. So, yep. yeah, so that could be interesting to see in the next couple of, um, couple of rounds. Oh, good. Yeah. So, um, and a side note was I was talking to some competitors up there. Um, next year, there'll be a few new cars in the streetcar category. Um, again, go worth watching. Like, mm. um, it's not... I'm going to basically say this. Not advertise as much as it should. But um, I'll make sure I sort of get the dates up and earlier with everyone. Yeah. But there'll be some interesting cars up in street cars next year. Yep. Um, it's a good day. Like, mm. it's, it was only $5 to get in. Yeah, it's good value, isn't it? You know, I mean, yeah. And it was a good day out. So, mm. so yeah. Thanks for that wrap-up, Todd. Much appreciated. Uh, we'll take a break here, and we'll be back with Andra Racing from Darwin. And a little bit about Dale Earnhardt. All right, we'll be back right after this. Okay, episode 67 of the Talking Power podcast. I'm Nick DeChimbury with co-host Todd Brinkworth. Simon's unable to make it this evening, so we are soldiering on without him. Hey, um... Transmitting also through 88.5 FM, where the valley comes alive. Yes, and if you're listening, you would have heard myself the other Thursday. Yeah, um, live. 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 Did a live cross. With Peter from the Peter. couch yep. and uh, going across to Jimmy. Mm, you know, yep. uh, we will rock you, uh, Jimmy. We, we, we need to try and find out what the ratings were that, that I reckon. Well, yeah, I know. Yeah. So we I think Jimmy, I heard a bit of Jimmy down into the, well, down into the, pro, the, um, the stream and... Uh, he was rather excited that there were some cars going around Allen Brook. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, no, I bet he, I bet he was. So well done to that, Todd. I actually haven't yeah, mentioned that, but yeah, thank you very much. It's much appreciated. I was unavailable, but you were there in the hot seat. 
So oh, yeah, speak. no, thank you. Uh, thank you to Peter, who helped mm. out on the yeah, night. Yeah, Peter and, uh, too, of course, yeah, definitely. And uh, also uh, a shout-out to the, now I've got to get this right, the Allenbrook Community Collective. Yes, that's correct. Who did help organise some of the charity rides in Denver's R33. Mm-hmm. I did meet a few of those lovely people down there while I was down there. And again, uh, I think Allenbrook spoke for itself. It, the whole place came alive that night. The one thing we didn't mention, and which we should have, which was a bit remiss of us when we were talking about Target West, was the amount of people that came up on the stand at the celebration of motorsport that mentioned that they saw the car in the shopping centre, Forestfield Shopping Centre, and also the Allenbrook stage. So a lot of the people that went to the city had also gone to the Allenbrook stage. It was yeah, phenomenal. and in the Allenbrook Shopping Centre as well. Mm, that's correct. Yeah, yeah sorry. So. Yeah. Yep. So, no, I think the Allenbrook stage was certainly a highlight, and well done to the Allenbrook community. Unity Collective. Yes, that was it. Was a good night there, and yep. uh, yeah. yeah, and it's great to see. Yeah, eighty-eight point five FM now the, with the VCA radio VCA now is a, you know we're doing live. They're doing live cross, so that's, yeah, it's excellent work. I think that's their first one ever, Todd. Oh, well, there you Correct go. Me if I'm wrong, I think, I'm pretty sure it was. Actually, I think you think you're right, actually. So you're a pioneer, Todd. Yeah. Breaking new ground with Peter. There you go. On the couch. <laughs> Hey, um, we had the we had back-to-back rounds uh, of Andra Drag Racing. So it was uh, the NT um, Northern Territory Nationals. So we had the second round, which was up in Darwin. Um, you've already known my thoughts from the previous podcast about racing in the Northern Territory, yep. especially that that neck of the woods and what they need to do. Yep. I'm not to say the same joke for a second week. I've been told off for saying the joke. So no. What was the joke? Oh yeah, no, don't say that joke. Yep. But no, you know my not, that's not my views. My views are that it needs to be orchestrated with another an AFL event. Anyway, we've spoken about that on another podcast, yeah. and, and I'm not going to get into it again. Hey, in Junior Dragstar, local racer Aiden Abel took a win over Tommy Turek. These guys, Tommy was actually top qualifier. So these guys are you know trading trading places. Um, all around the countryside. And these two guys know how to race, these kids. And they're only kids, but they, they certainly know how to race. And it was great to see these two, and Aiden take the win. Home track, Aiden. Uh, Chris, Christine Steffens, she took the win against uh, WA Boy in Supercharged Outlaws, John Ferguson. So, um, you know, it sort of... Uh, made up for the final that went wrong for her over in Alice Springs, down in Alice Springs. So it was great yeah. to see Christine Steffens take the win there. Now, you know that we always say, Simon always says, I don't say it, but he always says the cream always rises to the top. Now, I'm not yeah. saying that he's the cream, but Jason Arbery is no doubt, no slouch in top sportsman and once again we saw him he had a bit of a shocker in Alice Springs but he rose once again rose to the top uh, in um, in in Darwin and uh, took the win against Vlado Turek beat him in the final Vlado no slouch in top sportsman either again without repeating myself the cream is rising to the top in top sportsman yeah it's good to say and we're seeing those guys duke it out in most finals in, in Andrew racing so it was great to see in mod bike we had Levi uh, Addison um, took the win over Al Henry and over in Super Street we had Michael Gennados taking on Claude Petrilli now this car this VK of Michael, sleeper. VK looks pretty stock, 
bit of a uh, Brocky replicate. Might even, I don't know, it could even be an original Brocky. I don't know. But I tell you what, it looks, it looks, it looks the part, and uh, took the win over Claude Petrilli. And over in Super Sedan, we had Chris Lulios taking the win over Darren Mallison. So it's great to see those guys get the job done. Now the next round is September 21 and 22 over in Mildura, the Sunset Strip. Uh, so that's coming up, and hopefully we see the remainder of the calendar come out shortly after that. I'm still I'm still not uh, 100% uh, wiser on where, where they're at with that. Interestingly enough, Todd, I got my rule book sent to me a couple of weeks ago, so the new Andrew rule book is out. If you're an Andrew member, you have not got your rule book, it's missing in the post. Let them know. But I've got my rule book, oh, and enough. I went through it a little bit. Not much, but it makes for good reading. Let's put it that way. Oh, I can imagine. Now, also, for our WA listeners, um, Sunday the 15th of September, which is coming up at a great rate of knots, it's the annual uh, free inspection, tech inspection day at the Motorplex. Now, if you head along to that, you also will enjoy custom custom cars and coffee at the same time ah, so you can get yourself a coffee check out some great cars because they hold they hold it together the one event yep. and you can get your car teched as well for free now bookings i cannot reiterate this enough bookings are essential and are done through liz johns now i spoke with liz she was at the celebration of motorsport um, so you need to contact her. I'm not going to disclose her phone number here on the air. You can go to WA Drag Racing Association website or Facebook page and get her details from there. You have to book for that. It's not even though it's free, it doesn't mean you just rock up there and hope for the best because it's it's full on and they push the cars through, um, you know, reasonably well. But obviously, because it's a tech inspection. Um, a fair bit of time is needed so that'd be yeah. a bit of planning well in advance Todd so yeah contact Liz Johns um, and hopefully that, that runs from 9 to 12.30 in the morning so from 9 in the morning to 12.30 so yeah head on over there maybe we'll be down there as well who knows not, not getting tech inspected but maybe we can have a look well we might need tech inspecting you never know just my head <laughs> that's it Hey, um, we had some news this week. Dale Earnhardt Jr. and his wife and one-year-old daughter were involved in a plane crash. Now, I don't think it was a, a, a reasonably serious plane crash, but it skidded off the end of the runway, and eventually, I mean, they got out, but the, the plane was destroyed. It caught on fire and was completely disintegrated by the time by the time fireys got to it. Well, they weren't able to salvage anything. So it looked pretty scary, actually, I, I would have to say. Um, this was in Tennessee. Yeah, in Tennessee. So he was on his way to a... Because now, these days, he's commentating races. And um, he was on his way there. And But, yeah, they all got out fine. And as per normal, uh, the news was released by Twitter. <laughs> so his sister, Kelly, tweeted, I can confirm Dale, Amy, and Isla, along with his two pilots, were involved in a crash in Bristol, Tennessee this afternoon. Everyone is safe and is being taken to the hospital for further evaluation. We have no further information at this time. Thank you for your understanding, but it's um, it's since come out that he is fine and A-OK. So, yeah, pretty scary moment for him there. As I said, I don't know the full details of it, how badly it went off the end of the track, but, yeah. It was pretty... Yeah, that sounds pretty bad. Mm, yeah, so... yep, yep. 
Okay, episode 67 of the Talking Power podcast. I'm here with Todd Brinkworth. I'm Nick DiCembre. We're transmitting through 88.5 FM, where the valley comes alive. And also as a podcast through iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean, and wherever you get your podcasts from. Yeah, that's right. I'm getting better at that, Todd. I yeah, you, you are. You've been practicing you're so practicing, hard. Practicing in front of the mirror, you know, while you sleep, all stuff the, like that. Yeah. All day long. Hey, do you remember James Warburton? Name rings a bell. He was the CEO of Supercars. He is now the CEO of Channel 7, 7 West Media. So, I don't know, a lot of people would say, well, what's that to do with motorsport? I'm just saying, like, he's come from Supercars background. He's yeah. now running Channel 7, got the big gig there. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because at Supercars, I'm not completely convinced he was well liked or in, in the fan base he wasn't probably that well liked but to get a job as a ceo from from kerry stokes basically yeah you don't, you don't get that gig without the rubber stamp from kerry stokes let's put it that way yeah exactly he obviously comes with credentials yeah so maybe or maybe well, i'm not saying he was or he wasn't the right guy for supercars but a lot of people still want tony cochran back yeah he had his moments didn't he well he hasn't done much of the gold coast that's for sure the Gold Coast Footy Club, that is. It's terrible. I didn't even know he was there. Yeah, anyway, yeah he's, there he's there. They're a shock. They're an absolute basket case up there. But I, look, I mean, that doesn't mean anything. But yeah. he was... A lot of people still would like to see Tony Cochran back in, in the supercar yeah. seat. Uh, Sean Seymour, don't know the guy well enough to say he's done a good job or a bad job. But uh, James Warburton, no doubt, um, to, to get the gig as Seven West Media CEO... You really do. You you can't be just a, a bozo. It, it comes with... He had to have been fully... Have complete and utter good credentials. Yeah. <laughs> That's got there in the end. Yeah, we did. Anyway, as I said, uh, so good luck. It'll be interesting to see how he goes. Hey, um, a couple of the teams have already announced their driver lineups for Bathurst, or well, more importantly for Bathurst, but Alexander Rossi and James Hinchcliffe will be joining the Wilkinshaw Andretti United racing team this year. Ooh. No, you did oh, yeah, Can you... That... No, that was, that was a good ooh, not a bad ooh. I thought there was sarcasm in that, to be honest. No, no, it wasn't. It was a good ooh. Well, look, to be honest, Bathurst is one of the few rounds I will watch religiously every year. Mm. They could race push carts around at Bathurst. If it was labelled supercars, push carts, Bathurst, I'd be there. Yeah, yeah. Now, look, I don't know how much involvement uh, Concrete Chairman and CEO William Sandbrook has brought to this deal, but he is the... Um, the CEO, managing director, whatever you call them, a, a prominent concrete company in the US, Todd. And uh, even though they haven't announced they'll be the na- on the livery of the car, it's suggested that that, that will be the case. Mm, so Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Alexander Rossi, um, we spoke about him a couple of weeks on the podcast um, and huge talent in IndyCars, massive talent. He's only 27 years old. And for Hinchcliffe as well, he's 32 years old. This will be his second attempt in a supercar. Yeah. And um, he partnered up with Michael Caruso uh, in 2012 for the Gold Coast 600. So, look, I mean, these guys clearly are credentialed enough to, to, 
to do this. It's just interesting. These guys do get into a supercar, and it's not easy. It's especially no. you come from an open wheeler. It, it can be quite difficult, no doubt. I think I heard it described once as, and this is comparing it to beat um, British touring cars at the time. Mm. They've got twice the horsepower, half the aero, and half the tire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, and yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, someone else will be making his return, Richie Stanaway. Now, he's had a three-month stint on the sidelines with neck injuries and and some issues with his neck, or neck pain as well. So it would be good to see him back in the uh, GRM uh, Commodore. Um, don't know. I don't I mean, it's interesting to know that he hasn't had the greatest run in, in supercars. No. His time at Tickford wasn't that great to be fair and i don't well you'd argue look i mean neck injury is a neck injury it's yeah. not it's not his fault it's not much he can do about it but he's he's spent an awful lot of time out of the car now and i don't know if he's going to be in a position to be you know doing doing well there yeah again the name rings a bell but it, i don't recall him ever really being in the field so to speak. Mm. Yeah, Tickford, so. he was certainly not in the field. and But I think his issues at Tickford stemmed far deeper than... I think there was a lot of disciplinary issues that he had at Tickford as well. Ah, uh, understood. Yeah. Yep. yep. Speaking of disciplinary, we've got to talk TCR a bit later on. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Mm. I've got, <laughs> got a bit to say about that. Well, not a lot, but is it, we've got a bit to cover there. Yeah. That's coming on later on. Hey, also over at um, Mobile One Mega Racing... Uh, Matthew Nielsen was also that's that's um, Wilkinshaw and Judy, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they also did some testing, uh, some engine testing for supercars this week, and one of the main components that they were testing was the um, throttle by wire, which is an interesting thing. They spent quite a, 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 a large amount of time testing that. Yeah. Um, the proposed engines will, have, will involve a small reduction in horsepower to increase durability and cut costs. Um, I'm not sure why they feel the need to go down this path. Yeah, I'm not sure either. It's uh, the, the, the official statement is drive-by-wire throttle gives opportunities in the future for things, but ultimately it's developing the, a package that for the teams help reduce costs and the likes. So I think I think I'm going to do a hand signal here, so in the podcast won't make much sense. Yeah. Testing drive by wire might have been what the actual name was, but I think they were testing a lot more than that. I don't think it was just drive by wire. It was a yeah. complete new engine package. I, I would suggest. And to me, um, drive by wire seems to me more complicated than it would be. Yeah, yeah, but I think they're they I think it's just. Yeah, part of the package, and that was probably okay. the easiest part to explain to. For the, those those playing at home, Nick is doing inverted comma comma fingers every at me. Time, every, every time, time I say yeah. drive by wire. <laughs> you know, I'm glad so, I find that funny. Yeah, I'm laughing a little bit. I'm laughing on the inside, Nick. Thanks, Todd. Anyway, so a lot happening over there in supercars. Hey, we need to move on to 400 Thunder. 400 Thunder have commenced talks with Calder Park Raceway, Todd. And if you're not excited, you should be, especially if you live in Victoria, because I, I think, you know, Victorians have been 
Victoria's um, um, that you know would would arguably be what was the heartbeat of drag racing for a long time. Yeah, I remember Calder Park from mm. when I was younger, watching it on the TV or you know the results yeah. in the back of the newspaper. Even anyway, we're going back a long time there. So yeah, look, no doubt they're in talks at the moment. Steve Betts is in talks there, um, and he's gone on to say our discussions with Calder Park Racing are ongoing, and we have been informed of a range of upgrades planned. When the facility is available and ready to host Australian Drag Racing's Premier Series, we will be there with our professional teams to make a great impact for the sport again in Melbourne. So look, uh, as much as um, all the naysayers, we're not here to have a view one way or another, Andra, 400 Thunder. We're just here to say that it's great to see, we need to see drag racing back at Calder Park on the group. We're talking group one here, by the way. That's why we're getting excited about it, because it's the top tier of drag racing in Australia. And it'd be really great to see that back at Calder Park Raceway. The other thing, uh, 400 Thunder have come out, there's a name change to Competition Bike. Uh, so the, the bracket formerly known as Competition Bike will now be known as Performance Bike. Nothing else changes there, Todd. Uh, one um, one thing that is changing, um, so IHRA and the 400 Thunder and the National Sportsman Commission uh, have basically said pro-radial classes will now have 200 uh, pounds removed from all rel relevant minimum weight breaks. So that is applicable to all pro-radial La 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 la. That is applicable to all pro radial classes. They're going to have 200 pounds removed from their relevant minimum weight break. So that's some more news happening from 400 Thunder. Wow. Yeah, there you go. All right, Todd, we'll take a quick break here and we'll be back after the break. We're going to be talking Formula One news um, and just a couple of things that have been happening that have been simmering along in the, in the sidelines in TCR. I want to cover off on that. No worries. Okay, episode 67 of the Talk and Power podcast. I'm Nick DeCembury here with Todd Brinkworth, our co-host. Co-host Simon Gonzo Travellini couldn't make it for this recording, but um, we hope to have him back at the next one. Hey, Todd, just quickly, oh, source, sorry, transmitting through 88.5 FM where the valley comes alive. That's right. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Now, just want to quickly touch base. In our last podcast, we said words of the effect that driver called Jean-Carl Vernet, he won the Saturday race and was unable to compete on the Sunday race because we felt he was, I don't know, he was ill. Or that's what we were led to believe, he was ill. However, it has since come out that on the Sunday, some random breath testing had taken place. So, and a competitor was found to be over the limit. Now, CAMS can confirm alcohol testing was conducted at Queensland Raceway on the weekend, but is unable to disclose any information about any results, positive or negative. They also go on to say, on the first occasion that a participant returns a positive reading following a confirmation test, that participant will be excluded from that particular day of the event and issued an official warning letter noting the participant's first official breach of this policy. Now, I am not saying 
Jean Calvenet was over the limit. Needless to say, he was unable to race on that day. But from what I can remember from the CAMS rulebook, mm-hmm. the limit for an event under a CAMS, well, CAMS sanctioning is zero zero. That's correct, yep. So, yeah, even if, if you built blue point zero 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 one, mm. you're over the limit. Mm. So maybe, yeah. Here's what I'm saying. Is it possible Jean Calvinet had a few Chardonnays or... Went out the Terps. <laughs> well, after his win, rightfully. I mean, he had a win on yeah, the Saturday. Um, I'm not saying this been. happened. I'm not yeah. saying it. No, no, me either. Um, but they had, they did do alcohol testing on the Sunday and Jean Calvinet was unable to race. Yeah, that, that's interesting, actually. That's... Oh, it's not interesting. It's what happened. It's what happened, Todd. I know. I'm not saying that's... I'm, this is what I am saying. He won on Saturday. Yeah. Was ill on Sunday. We we said it was windy because he had the 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 Carnamore Road, <laughs> Carnamore Roadhouse windy. <laughs> no, we're not saying that. Lovely people at Carnamore Roadhouse. No, we we suggested that he may have had you know um, a bit of gravy guts or something, <laughs> something like that. You're making it worse. <laughs> but. Um, he may have had a cold. He may have had a runny nose the next day. I'm not saying. What I am saying is that that CAMS did do bre- random breath testing. And it is also noted that a QR, Queensland Raceway that is, that is very, very common for them to do random breath testing yeah. at Queensland Raceway, more than other tracks. I don't know why, but... Maybe because, you know... A lot of 4X up there in QR. <laughs> yeah. 4X, lovely we are. Anyway, you can put two and two together. Can I ask you, what do you feel about them not being able to... It's part of the rule. They're not able to disclose the um, identity of the person. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Right on. Fair enough. <laughs> so, Fair enough. Yeah. No, that's good. That's okay. It's just like the AFL in many ways, you know, the, the drug testing as well. First strike, you don't... There's no there's no disclosure to the to the public about that. So that's that's fine. I'm not yeah. saying you're right or wrong, I'm just saying. Um, the other thing as well, um, just touching covering off on um, something that we brought up a few podcasts ago. As we mentioned, um, the Mustang wins title poster, they ended up raising thirty thousand dollars for camp quality. So that's a, a great effort. And thank you to CAMS for issuing that fine to Scotty McLaughlin because that spurred them on to raise $30,000 for charity. I wonder if CAMS would donate the ten grand to charity, do you reckon? No. Who knows? <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Just quickly, we need to cover off on Formula One, even though there's no, they're on summer break at the moment, Formula One. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just going to put it right here right now. Yeah. Um, as I said on a very, very earlier podcast, I'm going back probably three months or so, mm. Let's see what happens to the cars during the summer break, because there has already been some more rumours, and unfortunately I don't have them at the time of going to air, but of cars with power packages being upgraded, um, yeah, in previous years there's been instances where the dominating teams um, come back even more dominant. Well, uh, Mercedes was a perfect example of that. But there's also year. been examples where teams that have been off the pace have come back and put a fight to the main teams. I sincerely hope so. Yeah, I sincerely me too. hope so. I, I sincerely hope the Renault and the um, Red Bulls and the form, the Honda powered Red Bulls and also the Ferraris can put up a bit of a show. I wasn't I, going to mention the Renaults. No, okay. 
Well, don't. That's okay. <laughs> hey, I didn't want to say I told you so, but I told you so. Okay. So uh, I said Pierre Gasly was on the nose, and he certainly was on the nose. He has been swapped out for Alexander Albon. So they are going to finish the season off with Pierre being relegated to the Toro Rosso, and the Toro Rosso driver, Alexander Albon, the, from Thailand, England. It's very hard. He's, he races under the Thailand flag, but he lived in England. But anyway, he's been uh, elevated to the Red Bull Honda. So hopefully he can take it up to Max Verstappen. And um, I'm really hoping he can prove himself. Um, the other thing that came out during the week was that Toto Wolff has started talking with Lewis Hamilton about a, a possible... Um, replacement for Valtteri Bottas so he's taken it upon himself to ask whether Lewis if 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 he feels that uh, Esteban Ocon would make a suitable replacement for uh, Valtteri given if if Valtteri um, depending on his performance for the rest of the year I guess they should say but yeah Bottas's contract is uh, coming up to the end of this season is due for renewal uh, at this stage, there's no decision which will be made in terms of whether he'll be replaced or if Esteban will get the seat. I'm not sure. So that'll be interesting to see where we go there. Okay. Um, give us a quick wrap-up on the Evo, Todd, if you can. I'm still waiting for it, believe mm-hmm. it or not. Um, unfortunately, didn't have it in time to have on display at... Um, Celebration Motorsport. Mm-hmm. Didn't even have time to have it ready for Targa itself. Mm-hmm. Um, just waiting. Um, yeah. We'll be out shortly. Do have lots of plans with it. Um, basically, we'll actually use it and say uh, some coab, or what the term is, the youngsters use nowadays. Yep. Some cl- collaborations. Yep. Um, with some tuners in Perth and some other people to, about the car. Hmm. Um, yeah, look, I'm excited, let's yep. put it that way. Yep. Having, not having it's killing me, but hey, it's um, giving me a chance to feature some other projects in the background, mm. which I'll be uh, dragging out shortly. Oh, good. So, yeah, getting there. No, that's um, good. That's yeah. good to hear, good to hear. Hey, also, big news, Roscoe McGlashan interview, that's coming up shortly. We won't give you a date on that, but uh, that is coming up. We're working on that, and that will be its own podcast on its own. Yeah. Um, and we'll also that will go out through the radio, but we're not sure in what format. It might be half a show, a full show. We're not quite sure. We're yeah. not going to give, we're not going to limit ourselves with time, that's for sure, not when we're talking with Roscoe. So that's right. I think we need to give ourselves um, some time there. The other thing, Todd, I just want to finish up here. I want to thank everyone for coming out to Gwellup Shopping Centre on the weekend. It was a great event. Uh, We had a really great time. We had 54, I think, cars. One car in particular I want to mention. We were graced with royalty at the the show, Todd. Graced with drag racing. Drag racing royalty, that is. Uh, We had Jeff Chasty's old HQ Ute uh, Agro 74 down there as well that's um, in the hands of a new owner now I, I won't disclose his name but that was really great to see there were um, small dogs and cats running for their lives as he <laughs> as he pulled up and um, a few WRX owners scooting off 
because <laughs> I knew. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But in all seriousness, we actually we, uh, had the presence of the WA Police Force. They came down as well and oh, walked nice. through and had a good look around. And uh, they were really not really nice. It was uh, three of them actually, two two gentlemen and a young lady. Uh, they came down and had a good look at the cars. So, no, it was a great event. We had great weather, really lucky. I mean, given it was the middle of August, we yeah. thought we were, we were, you know, we were in trouble there. But, no, we had great weather. So, and want to thank uh, all the people that helped us out there and all the people that donated prizes. We had a fantastic day. And, look, I mean, I'm part of the, I mean, one small part of the committee, but we hope to be doing this. We've done it twice now, but there was a two-year gap. But I think we want to elevate it to be doing it every year. Yeah. Um, it's a good group of people that we've got together. We're all from the sort of very close neighbourhood from Belcatta and Stirling. Uh, that's not to mean that it's just a car show for those people. But, yeah, yeah collectively, most of the cars were from the local area. And there's just some great cars out here as well. So, you know, um, yeah. Thank you to everyone that came along. Thank you to all those that supported us. It was great. All right, Todd, uh, anything else from you? No, but um, I'm going to raise I'm going to raise a question to you right now. Question far away. Yeah. Um, we should do something. We should nominate a charity, and we should try and do a talk about, well, car show. Yep. I've actually had a few friends of mine basically ask me, mm-hmm. hey, do you want to do something? Yep. And even been offered, they'll quite happily bring along some cars. Mm. We'll try and keep it north of the river. Um, yep. well, it doesn't need to be north of the river. No, nah, it doesn't, but it's just uh, wherever we can find, whoever mm. wants to have us. So, uh, look, reaching out to a few people that do listen to the uh, podcast. If you know a spot that will let us have a few cars, shout out. If you're interested in entering a car, well, stay tuned. We don't have anything official yet, but we'll let you know. And... Uh, Look, what do you want to see? Because mm. we're a mixed bunch here. You know, we cover mm. steel bumper, plastic bumper, drag, targa, rally, dirt. Look, I guess dirt, the, you know the the <laughs> thing the thing that was key for us doing this show down here was that it was at a shopping centre, and so we had the the facilities. So we had the the um, the facilities basically yeah. laboratories there. We also had the ability to. Uh, the, the, a lot of the, the shops, the cafe, the bakery, they all got on board, the fish and chip shop. So we didn't require the need for food vans. So yeah. when you take away those sorts of things and you have a shopping center that's really on board with it, and they, they were Prime West, they were 100% on board with it and embraced us with open arms, um, that makes it a hell of a lot easier. A hell of a lot easier. Yeah. Because you're not having to organise those facilities and food vans. Not not that it's hard organising no. food vans, but it's another thing you've got to worry about. And that's what I really liked about the show there. And it's, it's supporting local businesses as well. So that's that's where I think, you know, that's where we need to focus on as well. And go. when you have it at a shopping centre, you also have the ability to only use part of their car park and the other part of the car park can be used for spectators as well. Yeah. So think about that. Well, there you go. So, yeah. All right. Well, on that note, tell us what you think. We're not promising anything, by the way. Todd just spoke out of school then. Yeah. But I, I, I in, in principle, am 100% behind it. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of work organising these things. Yeah, but there I is. think I do, I do agree with Todd. I think we need to do something like that. Um, even my good wife has been saying the same thing. So, you know. Great, I think you like Nick. There yes. you go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
All right. All right. Sorry, look, if you've been listening to this podcast, um, yep, thanks for thanks for tuning in. Um, might have been a bit long-winded, but we got there in the end, and yeah. uh, we hope uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks' time. Thanks for coming in, Todd. No worries. Uh, yeah, see you at the track or see you on the street, Nick. No worries. Thanks, Todd. See ya. Yeah. Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au.